Hey, thank you. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Remain standing, if you would, before you're seated. Remain standing just for a moment. So good to have you here today, and it's a joy to be with you. Uh, my name is Sam, along with my wife, Michelle. Uh, we lead a network of churches we call Freedom Life, and it's been our honor and our privilege to be friends with Pastor Michael uh, and Amanda and their beautiful family, and so many of you, and to see the church grow and thrive and come back again after the pandemic, and you know what? You have banner years ahead. The best is yet to come, and so excited what God's doing here. Come on, are you excited? <clears throat> And so we're going to jump in in just a moment, uh, but before we do, I'd like to begin each time I speak with an attempt at humor. So here we go. A little girl was perplexed about how the world was created, created, so she asked her mom, and her mommy said, well, God made Adam and Eve, and they had children, and that's how all mankind was made. Two days later, the little girl asked her daddy the same question. The father answered, well, sweetheart, many years ago, there were monkeys from which the human race evolved. The confused girl returned to her mother and said, Mom, how is it possible? You told me the human race was created by, by God, and Daddy said that we all came from monkeys. The mother looked at her, and he said, she said, Well, sweetheart, it's actually very simple. I was telling you about my side of the family. He was telling you about his side of the family. Turn to your neighbor and say, I hope it gets better. I hope it gets better. Turn to your second choice and tell him it's about to get slap your mama good. Come on, tell him that right now. Come on, we're going to pray, and then we'll sit down and we'll get into it. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for uh, each person that's here, online and in the house, not by accident, but by divine appointment. And I pray that your word uh, would go forth, and I thank you that's going to set people free. It's going to encourage, it's going to build up. And uh, I just thank you for the privilege and opportunity uh, to share your word with this great church. I ask it in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look so much better than last week. Come on, give him some love. Give him some love today. Well, hey, today I want to talk to you about how to have mountain-moving faith. How to have the faith that can move mountains. How many of you uh, can, uh, you'd be honest and say, you know what, I've had some mountains in my lifetime, and I'll explain uh, what that what that is. I'm going to take you first to a scripture found in Mark chapter 11. And Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. And that's a word for you today. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what's going on in your life, in your world, have faith. Everybody say faith. Faith. Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, let me explain that. You don't get whatever you want. When we pray, we get what God wants for us. When we pray according to his word, that is his will. And when we walk in his ways, we walk out the will of God for our one and only life. Now, I grew up, uh, we moved out of the city when I was a kid, and we moved to Centre County, as I like to call it, Center County, out near Penn State, and there are mountains 
everywhere. We're the city people growing up in a country. Don't hunt, don't fish, uh, and don't chew or kiss the girls who do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that just wasn't a thing. I, I am more of a beach person. And so just by a show of hands, you can let us know online as well. How many, where's our mountain people? If you have a choice, we're going to, it's beautiful, it's, it's picturesque, it's amazing. And now by a show of hands, how many of you, where's the beach people? Come on, let's see. Yeah. So kind of a mix that's here today. Here's a picture of uh, a beach. I go to Florida as often as possible. We have a church plant there. My wife's from there, so we like to escape when we can. And we were there down on a beach in Naples earlier this year, and it was just absolutely beautiful. I, lo I love it. And I just want to say to you today that you were born for an ocean view. You might say, well, I, I, I don't know about that. I'd prefer a mountain view. I don't want, really want to go to the beach. I'm not talking about the physical landscape. I'm talking about the barriers that keep you from seeing where God wants to take you and to lead you and accomplish his plan and his purpose in your life. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, now faith, everybody say, now faith. faith. Come on, a little bit louder, loud enough to annoy your neighbor. Everybody say, now faith. There you go, you got it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Here's a, a quick definition of faith, uh, one of a couple that I'll give to you today, but it's to believe what God has already said to remember what God has already done. I mean, think about it for a moment. Some of you, uh, you've placed your faith in Jesus. God saved you. He healed you. He set you free. He restored you. He's provided for you. Remember today what he's done. Faith is to remember what he has done and to receive by faith what he has already given to you. Now, the reality is this. As many times we wake up in uh, the reality of life, and, and there's a mountain there. Now, I, I mean that by a, uh, when I speak of mountains, uh, let me define it in this way. Mountains, at least in, in this text or in our lives, are representative of difficulties, discouragement, dead ends that ultimately lead to unbelief. See, mountains, uh, you don't have to create. You go to bed, and sometimes you wake up, and they're created for you. You went to bed and you woke up to a doctor's report you wish you would have never gotten, to a phone call that changed everything, not necessarily for the positive. You woke up and your car was running great that day until you got in it and then everything changed. Come on, are you with me today? Everything was good and then all of a sudden it wasn't good. And that view of that difficulty blocked the goodness of God, faith in him and trusting him. All of a sudden, Fear, oppression, discouragement, wondering how, what am I going to do? How's this going to work out? Those mountains block the good things of God and the destiny that he has called you to and called you to walk in. So what do we do with those mountains in our lives? Well, uh, we need to have faith. Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain and you can command it to be removed. So uh, here's, a, here's a thought I wanna give you. Everyone has faith. Everyone has faith. You may see, say, man, I just, I have a hard time. I, don't, I really don't, I don't trust, I don't have a lot of faith. And, and that's okay. 
But I want to let you know that you have a measure of faith. The Bible says in Romans 12, 3, it says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. So it doesn't mean think negative of yourself, just appropriately and honestly. And then he goes on to say, as God has dealt to each one a measure. Everybody say a measure? A measure of faith. And so everyone has a little bit of faith. Just a little bit of faith can move the mountain that you're facing. That difficulty that you woke up and is blocking your view to the goodness of God. It's been holding you back from praising. It's been holding you back from trusting. It's been, it's been blocking uh, the plans and the purposes that God has for you. And you don't know what to do. And your flesh tells you to, get a, to give up. The enemy tells you to quit. But God is telling you today it's time to rise up. Have to take that little bit of faith and speak to the mountain. And it can move in Jesus' name. Just a little bit of faith. The scripture says in Matthew 17, 20, it says, if you have faith like a, the grain of a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. I want to show you a little picture of a seed or a mustard seed. Because when you think of uh, a seed or a mustard seed, you know, you kind of think, well, that's you know, it's, it's something, but it's just a tiny little seed. This is just uh, the tip of a finger, a tiny little seed. Jesus was trying to say, hey, it only takes a little bit of trust, a little bit of faith, and every time you use your faith, your season will begin to change. That little bit of faith in me, God's saying, I can do the impossible. In Luke one thirty seven, it says that nothing is impossible with God. Having mountain-moving faith doesn't mean that you get everything you want. But what it does mean is that you accomplish everything that God has for your life. The enemy will always throw roadblocks. He will always throw the wrong people, the wrong circumstance, and, and things to discourage you to get you off the path and the plan of Almighty God. But I want to encourage your faith today. I want to give you a story. I want to take you to a story in a few moments uh, that will encourage you. I want to share a story of faith of something that God has done in my life uh, over this last season. And then we're going to pray and we're going to prophesy and we're going to declare. There's some of you that are away from God online and in the house. And you showed up today and I want to let you know that God loves you, that Jesus died for you. We're going to give you an opportunity at the end of this message to make Jesus the Lord of your life. To no longer follow your urges, not, no longer follow your sins. Sin, but to give your sin to Jesus and receive the grace and the mercy of God so that you can be set free. I'm going to pray over people today and prophesy and declare that mountains will begin to move. And when you walk out of here, you're going to walk in favor. You're going to walk full of faith. And God's about to do something big in your one and only life. Come on, are you ready? All right, here we go. Romans 10, 17, it says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. When you hear God's word, you get the word of God in your heart, faith begins to rise. So let's take you there. Matthew chapter eight, beginning in verse five, I wanna share this story with you. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. 
I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. He was a centurion in the Roman, uh, in the Roman army. I only need to say, go and they go, or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he looked at them and he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. That's us. We're not Jewish people, but by faith in Jesus, we're going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then he said, but many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home, because you believed, it has happened. And the young servant was healed at that same hour. Now, Jesus praised this great faith of the centurion that came to him. He didn't know the Bible at that time. He wasn't familiar with the Old Testament scriptures, the predictions of the Messiah that was gonna come and set people free, all that Jesus was going to do. The religious leaders were, those who were Jewish and were in that crowd, they were, but many of them, they didn't believe even though they witnessed and they watched Jesus heal and do amazing things. The centurion came to Jesus. He didn't come like, hey, God, show me what you can do. He came saying, you know what? I'm unworthy. I'm a sinner. I don't even have a right to come to you. He recognized who Jesus was and who he wasn't. See, when we come to the end of ourselves and we stop trying to play God and be God and just understand that we need him and we need his grace and his mercy, that we're really good sinners and he's a really great savior, that's when uh, God shows up and does an amazing thing in our lives. So he showed up and he said, I'm not worthy. His heart had been touched by God's grace. And Jesus said, you know what? He gets it. He understands he has great faith. He, doesn't, he didn't grow up in church. He doesn't know all the scriptures. He doesn't know the right time to say amen, to stand, to sit, or you know, all of our different terms and lingo. He just knows that he needs me. And he turns to those that are following him, and he's like, that's what great faith is. You may not have it all figured out, but when you figure out that you need Jesus above all things, that faith can change and move every mountain in your life. So how do you have mountain-moving faith? What does that mean for you and I? The whole point of that passage is that guy didn't have it all figured out. He just came with humility and said, God, I need you. And God met him by the power of his name, in Jesus' name, right where he was. So a couple of thoughts for you from uh, this story, how to have mountain-moving faith. So what does this mean every day? How do we live this out? Okay, we went, we sang, we worshiped, got a message, feeling good, going on our way, and now we walk out, and there's no beach, but there's mountains all around us. A mountain of debt. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to go bankrupt. I'm, I'm never going to be able to afford anything. I, I had a job, but I lost my job. Or I have a job, and I wish I lost it because I hate it. And what am I going to do? And, and my marriage has is, is issues. Like, like we're supposed to be soulmates, but we're cellmates. And, and my kids, I love my kids, but ever since their heads start spinning around, spitting green stuff, I think they might be full of the devil. I don't know what to do. And what was a blessing can become a burden. 
And what used to be an ocean view, you can look in a moment and can be mountains. You woke up, you were feeling good. But now all of a sudden the doctor says, you have this, this issue, you have that issue. And you're like, where are you, God? So I want to give you a couple of thoughts about mountain moving faith. Are you ready? Number one, faith sees. What are you seeing? Are you looking and staring at your mountain? Or are you looking beyond your mountain to the mountain mover? It's a very simple thought, but think of the centurion. He had watched his servant lie in bed paralyzed in so much pain. He had seen uh, all these things. And if we're not careful, we can grow comfortable in our current condition and think that God doesn't love us, that he's not for us, that he doesn't want to move and make a way. And I just want to challenge you and encourage you to believe again. Listen, we don't get everything we want, but God has promised to give us everything that we need. And I just want to let you know, prayer moves the hands that move the world. Listen, if it's, if it's big enough for you to worry about it's big enough for you to pray about and the moment that you begin to pray everything begins to change in your life as you pray in faith and you speak to those mountains in your life you don't have to complain on Facebook you don't have to practice whinies and just complain let's get ready to grumble to everyone around you you can just make a decision and say you know what I'm not talking about my problem any longer I'm talking to the problem solver I'm not going to sit here and talk about how big the mountain is today in Jesus name I'm declaring how big my God is and he's still the God that can move mountains in Jesus name so the question is, is what are you looking at my son called me, he's in college, and he said, Dad, um, I had a, had a little accident in the car. I'm like, well, are you okay? You, you, you know, you feeling okay? Is everybody else okay? Yeah, no, everybody's good. It happened, it happened in the parking lot. Okay, so like, what kind of parking lot? It happened in the, at a gas station. Okay, gas station, okay. Tell me about that. He's like, well, I was looking, I was going to pull out, and you know those, you know those like, those, those metal poles that like bright yellow or orange or whatever they put like by the gas stations that, so that you don't like hit, hit the gas, you know, where that is. Like I was looking to pull out and I wasn't paying attention. I just kind of turned the wheel and just put a little dent in the side of the car. And so how many know that's a little bigger than a little dent right there? Yeah, the, the understatement of the year. And he sent me this picture and I'm like, dude, you, <laughs> you, you, you're full of it. And I said, it's okay. We went and we got it fixed. And I thought about that. And like the whole reason he had that accident, he was looking at the wrong thing. I mean, he, he knew what he should have been looking at, but he was focused el elsewhere. And, and that's what the enemy wants to do to you, you and I. He wants us to have broken focus so that we had some accidents. We fall uh, we, uh, on purpose or even, you know, we fall out of faith. We fall into sin. We, we make unwise choices or, or we just, we, we stop believing and all of a sudden fear fills our heart. And I just want to encourage you, it's time to get your faith back and it's time to believe again. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 too, let us keep our eyes fixed. Everybody say fixed. 
fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. Our faith doesn't depend on me. It doesn't depend on your circumstance, and we don't, we don't have faith in our faith. But we have faith in the one true God who created you, who loved you, he, who sent his one and only son to die on a cross 2,000 years ago so that you and I could be forgiven, saved, and set free. It's time for you to look again and begin to see. The centurion got up. It was just like any other day, but he found out and he heard about Jesus. He said, I need to go see this man. Hebrews 11.1 says, faith is confidence in what we hope for. It's assurance about what we do not see. Well, Sam, I don't see how it could work out. I prayed for a long time and nothing's happened. I prayed for a healing and that person died. I prayed for this, I prayed for that, and it hasn't worked out. I just want to let you know I love the statement of those young Hebrew boys when they stood uh, facing uh, uh, the fiery furnace. They said, God can deliver us, he will deliver us, but even if he doesn't in the way that we think, they weren't planning to go into the fire, I, we're going to trust him no matter what. So no matter what comes in your life, you can trust him. Don't give up hope, don't give up faith. The Bible says we walk by, come on, let's try it again. We walk by and not by, so I can't see it. I understand. I want to share a story about a prayer I prayed for nine years that I didn't see how it was going to work out, and I thought God had, I felt like, God, you're holding out on me. You've, it, it's, it seems like it's failed, and I don't know what to do. And God came, came through, so we'll come to that at the end. The Bible teaches us that everyone here has a little bit of faith. And if you've ever taught a teenager how to drive, you have a whole lot of faith. Come on, somebody. I'm doing that right now. Faith, and that little bit of faith can change your circumstances. You know, faith is, let me give you this thought. It's visualizing the future in the present. It means seeing the future in advance. People say that seeing is believing. God says the exact opposite. He says that believing is seeing. Seeing uh, are some things you'll never see unless you first believe them. And Psalm 121 says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Don't settle for a mountain view when God has birthed you and planned for you to have an ocean view. He has plans, a purpose, and a destiny. He has plucked you out of eternity, placed you on the planet for such a time as this, and I want to encourage you to have faith. The scripture tells us in Romans 8.32, since he did not spare even his own son, Jesus, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? If God solved your biggest problem, Problem, which was your sin, your brokenness, and your shame, just like me. If God solved that by bringing Jesus, he is well able to, to, to save your family. He is able to meet your needs. He is able to heal your marriage, to give you a new job, to provide for you. He is a God that doesn't fail. He is a God that says, just a little bit of faith in me, and I can move those mountains today. I want to encourage you to see. Would you look again? Would you look again, not with eyes of fear, 
Not with say, I don't, I prayed so many times in so many years and nothing's changed. I just want to ask you to look again and to pray today in faith. There's no area of your life that's, that doesn't interest God. He knows what you need and he wants you to come to him and ask. Instead of worrying about it, we can begin praying about it. Faith sees and faith speaks. The centurion came and said, Jesus, I'm unworthy, but here's what I need. By faith, he came to Jesus, saw who he was and came to him. And then by his words, he called out to him. I love that. The Bible tells us words kill and words give life. They're poison or fruit. You choose. Now, accepted thoughts. We have lots of thoughts, don't we? Thoughts all the time. You'll be in worship. You'll have all kinds of thoughts, right? I mean, some thoughts are whatever. Other thoughts will put you in jail. Come on, somebody. And you're like, where did that come from? You don't have to accept every thought that you have in your life. You, you make them obedient to Christ. You take them captive, obedient to Christ, as Paul says. So the thoughts that you accept, they get into your heart. Whatever gets into your heart, ultimately, Jesus said, comes out of your mouth. So your words, they really do create your world that you're experiencing. Some people say, I don't know if I believe that. I was like, just go home and tell your spouse they're fat and ugly. See what that creates. So your words can get you into trouble or they can get you into victory. Those words can create something. And and I want to challenge you and encourage you to speak words of faith and trust in the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 4.13, it says, it is written, I believed Therefore, I've spoken. Let me say it again. Rewind. It is written, I believed, therefore I've spoken. (laughs) The centurion believed, and then he spoke what he believed. Places his faith and trust in Jesus. Since we have that same spirit of faith, God has given you a measure of faith. That same spirit of faith. We also believe, and therefore we speak. I want to challenge you right now to make a decision that you're going to believe again. That you're no longer going to speak whinies fluently. You're not going to complain about your mountain. You're not going to give the devil airtime in your life and in your world. But you just start declaring and believing today. God is for me. It doesn't matter who or what may be against me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that rises against me won't be able to stand because I have an inheritance from Almighty God. Lord, I thank you that by Jesus' stripes, according to Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, and 1 Peter 2.24, I am healed, so I'm believing God that you'll touch me emotionally, physically, in every way. I thank you that you're my healer. Just go ahead and get in faith and begin to speak what God says and see what he will do. That centurion got up that day, and that day changed everything because he saw Jesus, and he began to speak in faith. Faith sees, faith speaks. One more faith acts. So what are you doing? Faith faith moves toward the mountain with a shovel, knowing that God is going to take care of those needs. The centurion, after Jesus said that, he walked back to his, his residence with full expectation that Jesus was had done what he said he would do. He didn't see it. He couldn't FaceTime. They didn't have the technology. He had to wait till he got back. 
I'm sure walking on the way back, he was thinking, you know what? I know that my servant is healed. I'm sure that he's taking certain steps saying, I wonder if my servant is healed. Like, I hope my servant is healed. He probably went back, no, 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 no. He is healed. I, I believe in what the word uh, that Jesus said. You and I, we have to walk out our faith with fear and trembling. Faith works. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And, but we have to walk it out. And sometimes when we're walking, we're like, man, I don't know if that mountain's moving. I don't know how this is going to work. But you know what? I'm believing for my marriage to be restored. So by faith, I'm going to start talking to, to my spouse and about my spouse like I have the marriage of my dreams. I'm going to start talking to my children and about my children like they're living in the fear of the Lord and they're a blessed generation. I'm going to start talking about my life and, and everything I'm doing, not, I'm, not, I'm not pretending that I don't have bad things or difficulties. I'm just not focused on them because I'm looking to the mountain mover and in faith, I believe that as I've asked according to my needs, God, you will take care of me. Preparation is proof that you have not given up. James 2.17 says, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it's dead and it's useless. You gotta put some action to your faith. You gotta begin to walk out what you believe. You gotta begin to trust God, begin to talk different, begin to act different. You might say, well, I'm broke. I wanna encourage you to, to, to go home, talk to one of the pastors, get on a budget. You're like, there's nothing to budget. I don't have anything. Get on a budget in faith. Open up a savings account this week. Open up a savings account. I barely have enough money to keep my checking account open. That's okay. You do it in faith because, because we walk by, come on, we walk by and not by so preparation is proof that you have not given up, that you go and you, you anoint your children and you pray over them. They may be at a point where they hate you and you say, as long as you're in my house, I'm going to love you and I want to lay hands on you in one way. <laughs> Come on, somebody. But I'm going to lay hands on you in faith and I want to prophesy and declare that you're going to live for the Lord. You're going to honor him. There's a generational blessing coming out of your life. There's children and grandchildren that are going to serve Jesus all the days of their lives because I'm believing and I'm speaking to this mountain. Man, I'm just foolish enough to believe that when we begin to pray that everything begins to change and the enemy will not win in my life or yours. If you'll rise up and say, you know what? I'm going to stay full of faith. The mountains are going to move. I'm going to trust my God. Come on, give God some praise today. He's good. All right, let me tell you a story. So 10 years ago, God gave me a vision for our church. And I may have shared this story here before, but it's worth repeating. 10 years ago, I gave you a vision for the church that we'd have multiple locations, thousands of people, uh, network of churches, ministry school that we would have, uh, that we would uh, uh, sow into 100 different church plants, support missionaries all over the world. So I wrote it down and said, here's the dream for the next 10 years. God accomplished almost all of those dreams over a 10 year span. It was him, he's amazing. I'm thankful that I get to be a small part of it. One of the things that we believed for, though, was to relocate our current church. We're located on the side of the hill in the middle of nowhere in Amish land. Shout out to the Amish Mafia. And so we, we have a great church, and it's been there for 50 years. Now, last year was the 50th year of our church, the year of Jubilee. 
Jubilee, debts are erased, prisoners set free, total restoration. It's amazing. Jubilee. And I said, 50th year, we're believing your favor, your freedom. These are our bannered years. We're believing that God is going to sell this property. It was the next step in the vision of everything we had believed. We have to sell the property so that we can move forward because we need to have the money to move forward to build a new building, at least the beginning parts of that. Well, it's $2.3 million that we're hoping to sell. An older facility uh, that is in the middle of nowhere, about 35,000 square feet, 26 acres. It's great, but there's just, you know, as you can imagine, there's not a large market for old churches uh, in farmland. And so we had people for years coming through. My realtor, great guy. His name is Gary. He's, he's older and an uh, uh, old farmer, and he did everything that he could, and his associates, and they reached out to people all over the world, for, or all over the country, for years trying to nonprofit someone something that would buy that property so we could move forward. Well, it was a lot of money, and I wasn't willing to give it away. We we're believing in faith. And people would ask me, they say, Hey, Sam, I'm so excited what God's doing, to, you know, and the church, and, and we're going to build a building, and we can throw up a picture of the building that we're going to build, and, and it's awesome. When are we going to do that? And I'm like, I, I don't know. They're like, What do you mean, don't know? They're like, Well, we got to sell the building because, you know, it's a few squillion. And now, if you would like to give that, that's fine. We can move it forward. But in the meantime, we need to sell this building to help us move forward. And, uh, and I said, man, we're praying and we're believing God. You're number one. We're praying. We're believing God. You're number two. You're number three. Is this the year? You're number four. You're number five, six, seven, eight, nine. God, maybe we could not sell the building and, and do it another way, but you put it on my heart. And I've been talking about it for years. And we're all praying. We're all believing. And I'm showing up to, to year number 50, the ten year of our ten year, uh, last year of our 10-year vision, believing you for this, and I have nothing to say. It's Vision Sunday coming up. And I'm going to talk about selling a building, and nobody believes me. I was feeling the pressure and the weight. I'd gotten a phone call a few weeks before from my realtor, he had said, hey, our agreement is up. We've done everything that we can and that we know to do. Uh, if you want to sign with someone else, that's cool. And I said, no, that's good. I'll meet up with you guys. We'll sign a new agreement. I want to keep using you. You've done your best. I believe it's a divine partnership, and we're seeing God do incredible things. It's going to be a witness to you of what God does. Well, it was a few weeks after that, I got a phone call. I just want to let you know that God has the answer to prayers and problems that you don't even have yet. And you don't see how you can make a way. You don't see how it's going to work out. But I just want you to let, let you know that God loves you. And he thought enough of you to place you on the planet for such a time as this. For his glory, for his purpose, not for our greeds. He'll provide for our needs, but he blesses us to be a blessing. And he wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask, think, or imagine. And sometimes we pray and we feel as if it's wasted, that God didn't come through for us. I was feeling that way. I was speaking faith, but in my heart I was beginning to doubt. And I had no idea that years before, old farmers would sell their property and make millions of dollars in our community that they would be multi, multi, multi-millionaires. And that one day they would be connected with my realtor who would say, you know what? I have this church that's been trying to sell this property. 
would you be interested and just, we want to help them. Just buying it. I know you don't need it. Just buy the church and then just let them stay there until they can, until they're finished building. I don't know about you, but that's pretty bold, isn't it? I had no idea that God had already orchestrated years before the answer to the problem that I was facing until I got that phone call. My realtor said, hey, I just want to let you know, I have a couple that's interested. Now, I've heard this before. We had a lot of people walk through. He's like, but we want to come and see it on this day. Now, I'm, I'm going to be out of town, but you guys come on through. I have one of my assistants be there, take care of it. Awesome. Just tell me more about it later. So I went to Florida. I had an ocean view, believing God, came back, and he said, hey, they're really interested. Well, who is it? Oh, it's just a couple in the community. And I kind of told them about your church, and they're interested in maybe buying it. I'm like, what do they need a 26 acres, 35,000 square foot, you know, 50-year-old church building for? He's like, they don't. They're just interested in doing it to help you. I said, well, I'm interested in letting them help me. He said, they want to come back, come back again. I said, that's cool. And he's like, we're going to come back on this date. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to be there, but they could come. They came back again. I said, I would love to meet them, to talk to them. And I, I never met them to the day I sat across from them selling the property for $2.3 million, signing on the dotted lines the first time I ever met them. I didn't give them a sales pitch. They'd never been to my church. I never uh, gave them the story, the vision, and all those things for them to get excited about it. They just heard the Holy Spirit. God orchestrated through our prayers, and He showed up. And that day we walked out, and He answered our prayers. And I stood before our church, and I said, listen, isn't God amazing? When we pray and when we believe, we can speak the mountains and God can move them in Jesus name. Come on, isn't that good? So you're like, hey, that's cool. Good for you. Listen, if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Your job is to see and look to Jesus, to speak and pray in faith and begin to act like it's done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act like my marriage is healed. I'm going to take steps. I'm going to believe that I'm out of debt. So I'm going to cast off the fear, and I'm going to start organizing and preparing and, and each of these things. I don't know what it looks like for you, but I want to challenge you as we close in just a moment to not stop short of the destiny that God has for your one and only life. He loves you so much. He has good things for you. You need to trust ultimately in Him. I was thinking about this. And I'll close with this thought. In the book of Genesis, it tells the story of Abraham and Sarah. It's before their names were changed. It's Abram and Sarai. And they were changed as a prophetic fulfillment for what God was going to do in bringing the Jewish nation through their union. Abram was with his, uh, with his daddy, Terah, they were, they were heading towards the promised land. And the scripture says that they stopped short of the promised land, and that's where they lived. Until one day, God came to Abram, and he renamed him. Abraham, you'll be the father of nations, and, and, and all those things. But, but God spoke to Abraham, and it's an amazing story. You can read all the details. I'm just kind of glossing through the fast-forward parts of it. He lived, and he stopped short of the promised land until God spoke to him and said, I want you to go, and then I'll let you know where to stop. 
God led him to the promised land, to Canaan. It's a picture of the promises of God that are yes and amen. I'm speaking to someone here today that a previous generation stopped short and you think you have to as well. But in Christ, everything is made new. And it's time for you to believe again and to step into the prophetic fulfillment of the destiny that he has for you, for your children and your children's children. Don't stop short and live in Haran. You can go to the promised land and receive everything that God has for you. You just have to rise up today and you have to see like the centurion. You got to begin to pray and speak and declare and act in faith as if it's already done. God has the answer. He's the mountain mover. We can look to him and it will come to pass. Would you stand with me as we close? Just a moment, I want to pray for you. I want to give you an opportunity online and in the house to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If your heart was to stop beating today, are you certain that you would be in heaven? Have you made peace with God and received the grace and mercy of Jesus? The Bible says, for all have sinned, everyone has sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Goes on to say that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in our hearts that he was raised from the dead, that we'll be saved. If we confess our sins, meaning we agree with God that it's wrong, instead of defending it and trying to change the Bible so we can live how we want, we say, God, forgive me. I'm ready to give my sin to you. I'm ready to give my past, my hurt, my shame, my addiction, whatever it is, I'm coming to you. And I'm asking you to forgive me. If you'll do that, the Bible says he is faithful and he is just. He'll forgive us of all of our sin and all of our mistakes in just a moment. I'm gonna invite you to make that decision. Like the centurion, you may be like, hey man, I don't know like all about the church stuff and the Bible or the right time to say amen or we were supposed to clap and repeat after you, whatever that was. And I, I just don't know all the, all the church. Listen, here's what you need to know, that you're a great sinner and all of us know that about ourselves, but that Jesus is a greater savior and you can place your faith and trust in him. How do you do that? You make a decision that you're willing to die to yourself and live for him. So I wanna invite you to pray with me online, in the house, I wanna give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I wanna invite everyone in the church family to pray with me. And if you've never prayed this prayer in faith before, I wanna invite you to do so now, to make that commitment. Some of you know that God's speaking to your hearts, beating out of your chest. And I want you to know that God loves you. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you and it's a new day for you. So come on, let's bow our heads. Let's pray in faith. Everybody say, Jesus. Come on, out loud together. Jesus, today I choose to follow you. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and make me new. I believe that you died on a cross, that you rose to new life, and you're coming back again for me. And until that day, I will live for you right now by faith. I'm a child of God, forgiven and free in Jesus' name. 
If you just prayed that prayer in faith, we believe you just got born again. Your past is forgiven. Your future is secure. And the Bible says that all the angels in heaven are celebrating this moment with us. And come on, let's thank God for his goodness and his mercy. Listen, today, if you made a decision to get right with God, maybe for the very first time, make sure to put it on your, your communication card. Stop by the welcome desk on the way out. See one of the, the leaders here because that's the first of many steps, but it's the big one as you place your faith in him. It's a journey of faith. So I want to pray and declare over you uh, today God's goodness. If you're here today and just be honest, say, you know what? I have a mountain. It may even be a molehill, but I feel like it's a mountain. You're facing some things in your life today that you need to believe again. Just stretch your hands to heaven. I want to pray for you right now, all over the room, online. Father, I thank you that you withhold no good thing from those who trust you, that you're a good God. And Lord God, we can speak to the mountains in our lives and command them to be removed. I don't know what it is, a mountain of sin, sickness, death, discouragement, fear, but Lord, I know that you're well able. Lord, you have the answers to problems that we haven't even thought of. I thank you that you're a big God, you're a good God, and you love us. So I prophesy and I declare over this house and every single person that's stretching their faith towards you right now, I thank you that their season is about to change, that the breakthrough and the miracle is about to come. And Lord God, you're going to use them on assignment to be a witness, to testify of your goodness, of your mercy, of your love and your kindness so that people can come home to forgiveness and grace and mercy. I declare it in faith. I thank you that you hear me and I ask it in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God praise today and thank him for his goodness.